Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> who get us underway here at, uh, in Lancashire waiting for the referee to do so and we are underway and it's cleared away by John upfield, Fanwell will have to deal with this it's bounced over his head and he's mistimed the header back towards McGillivray and in on goal of Bolton and it should be a comfortable finish well it wasn't comfortable but it is a finish and Bolton have the lead yeah it's just the centre-half mistake. We've seen it, you know, it happens from time to time. You don't deal with the through ball technically. You know, he's read it, he's got there first, and technically he's not got the right part of the body or enough of the right part of the body on the ball to send it back towards his goalkeeper. Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually pleased that Dion Charles didn't go to ground. So if he goes to ground, that's a sending off. Um, and the last thing you need up here tonight is your centre-half sent off. Still have it back with Matthews. He can find Morgan. Uh, Fraser, rather. Fraser back across the box. Too high in EK! No, it isn't! He gets his head there! And that's the equaliser! Just for a moment, I thought the cross ball was too high for an EK. But he launched himself at it. Got his head there, and it's beyond Trafford. And it's one all here. Yeah, credit that to the change, Terry. They haven't been able to get hold of our system since it's been changed and we've been on the front foot and attacking suddenly players have come to life Jaya has been a spectator by and large on that left hand side has come to life Dobson is breaking from deep areas come to life Fraser there whipping in a super ball for Anike to get on the end of powered it down into the ground 1-1 game on Morley with the free kick it's in towards uh, it's flicked on and it's a goal Morley with the free kick towards the edge of the six-yard box. And it was a white shirt that got there first. I didn't quite see who got the touch. Comes inside. It's uh, Ameson, is it, uh, who got the touch? And it's 2-1 to the home side. Yeah. Used to pin up. Used to pin up, pin it up on the wall, actually, in the dressing room. No unnecessary free kicks in the defensive third. And I would count that as an unnecessary free kick. There's no need to make that contact. The player's not in possession with the ball at his feet. He's not going to cause you any trouble. He's receiving wide. You can allow him to take that first touch before you attack. You can slow yourself down. Nine times out of ten, that doesn't lead to a goal. But when it does, you analyse it in that manner. In it comes. But there is the final whistle.
So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. On this uh, week's show, of course, we'll be looking back at the 2-1 defeat against Bolton in midweek and looking ahead to the trip up to the DW Stadium to take on Wigan Athletic uh, this weekend. Joining me uh, to do that, first up, Mr. Tom Wallen, who's been uh, walking his new bike home. He hasn't learned how to ride it yet. Not yet, no, but uh, got it home safely and now just enjoying a, a couple of cheese puffs. Oh, well, what an evening he's had. New bike and some cheese puffs on the go. Well, c- can you top that, Mark Newbury? You've had steak, so probably yes. I've been, I've had steak, but I've been hitting the plums by one of my children. So, you know, it balances out in life. Swings and roundabouts. That's, uh, that's That was earlier, much. but yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully your plums don't look anything like uh, Tom's cheese puffs after that vicious assault but uh, we'll, uh we'll, we'll we'll move on swiftly past that and get on to the football so as i said uh, we've got to look back at that defeat against Bolton. we just heard the goals there we're going to hear from johnny jackson uh of course later on his views on that game a uh, little little bit of a chat about the fact he changed formation as well something we can sort of have have, have some discussion about uh we've got tweets and emails of course from you guys uh who some of you went there some of you watched the game against uh, Bolton Wanderers. We're going to hear from Hamza Sarrar, the uh, the gaffer of the under-18s after their FA Cup, uh, FA Youth Cup defeat to Brighton uh, last night. And as I said, we will look ahead to the trip up to the DW Stadium to take on Wigan Athletic uh, as our uh, quest for mid-table continues. Uh, just uh, can't wait for that one as well. So, uh, Tom, um, yeah, 2-1 last. We heard the goals there. So frustrating. Weird, weird game. Weird game. Don't know what to make of it. Yeah, dull game. I thought I I put it on on Twitter after the game. I don't know if it's just because we lost and I was I was bitter, or or whether it just really was dull. Um, and obviously you were there, so you might have a different perspective on it than than I did watching on telly. But it just seemed a bit of a we're two sides. I think we were level on points where we going into the game. It just had that feel of a a game between two mid table sides, neither really with any ambition or quality that was going to get them any higher up the league and disappointing obviously on the back of three wins and and in those we maybe have I thought we played quite well against Portsmouth but certainly at the weekend I didn't think we were anything special but got the three points um and I think really it just kind of summed up the mood around this season really which is just a bit meh it was just a a frustrating game sloppy goals to concede I've never seen Jacko look as as just dejected as he did in that post-match and it was just a one of those horrible Tuesday evening games, really. Um, but as I say, a bit of a metaphor for the season as a whole. And I think for anybody still thinking after those three wins, maybe we could sneak to the playoffs. That was a very much a, a bringing people back down to earth sort of performance from Charlton. Yeah, it was funny, actually. In my When I was doing my preview before the game, I was thinking, how can I sort of crowbar any interest into this one? So I sort of said, well, you know, the two teams stuck on the same amount of points, but in a little bit of form that suggests if there were to be a winner, maybe they might back themselves as outside playoff hopefuls. And, and obviously, it uh, hasn't ended up being us, uh, Mark. And I mean, purely, I'd say, because of, of defensive errors. Now, over, over the course of the game, you know, I think we were, we, we were on a bit of a downer because we had fallen behind early on and we were frustrated with the way the game was going. But there was nothing in it, really. They weren't much better than us. Uh, you know, we weren't really making a dent in it. So really, it did, for the majority, came down to the fact that we conceded two really poor goals. And obviously, the first one, a, a long ball over the top that Akin Fame was just completely misjudged. I mean, it all started off when we had that drop ball in the in the Bolton half, and, and we managed to make a bit of a mess of that, and, and Matthews chip forward, uh, go straight to them. But it was just a hopeful punt up, up top, and, and you could see almost immediately Akin completely misjudging it. And you thought, oh dear, he's in a bit of trouble here. 
It was the um, perfect example of how to go from hero to zero in one easy moment. Saturday, he's up there, boom, you know, scores the winner, gets his first league goal. Tuesday night, he, he drops an absolute ricket like that, which exposed how, you know, the lack of speed we really have across the back as well. Because it wasn't, you know, when it happened, I thought to myself, well, the guy's still got something to do. But he seemed, no one was getting back and getting close to him. I know he had the run, but Akin's not slow. But oh, it was just one of those ones where you're screaming at the TV, you know, stop it. And it's, I don't know whether it was just he was feeling awkward playing alongside Piercy, where he's been next to Innes for a bit, or he just misjudged his circumstances. I don't know. Want to put too much, you know, pressure on him because, you know, yes, he's played lots of games for us, but you know, he's not he's he's not the oldest player out there. Um, you know, he's going to make a mistake. We got punished for it. You know, right? And you're right. Like Tom said, you know, seeing Jacko so despondent after it, he's just thinking because he, he's not hiding. He's coming out and saying, you know, we weren't good. We, you know, when we got back to one one, you're thinking. Well, you know, we got something out of it, and then we just make silly mistakes. And he must be so frustrated. I mean, I, I thought it's just uh, it's just a perfect example of how inconsistent our season's been. We've we, we've just thought we were going to go on a really good run. We got those three wins. Like Tom said, they weren't the greatest wins, but they were wins. And you know, we were brought back to earth with a bump on Tuesday night. Mm, yeah, I mean, even with that good run of form that we've been on over the, the last three or four games, Tom, you know, clean sheets have been very difficult to come by. I think we got six in Jacko's first nine games, and then in the last eight since then, we've only had, I think, one or two, is it? You know, we, we've sort of lost lost our way very much in terms of defensively, where we had seemed so strong at times under Jackson. Obviously, this season as a whole, we've struggled because, you know, under Nigel, we were, again, still shipping goals for fun. Um, but, yeah, it's just concerning that... Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Is it the fact that we can't... You know, we, we have Innes coming in and then going out and then Pierce is in and out. There's a lack of um, naming a, a consistent lineup at the back at the moment. I, I, I don't know how you put your finger on it. Yeah, I I'm, don't have a, a specific answer either, but... I wonder whether it's just a lack of concentration because the two goals on, on Tuesday night certainly look like that. And I think there's a lot of the defence that we're actually quite like impressed with. Um, you take Corey against Portsmouth in that wing-back role, thought he was solid. Innes, since coming in, has got himself a couple of goals and you know a couple of challenges that have made it onto kind of highlight reels, if you like. Uh, Famwo, obviously, we know how good he is on the ball. Um and obviously got his goal, as Mark just said, then at the weekend. Uh, so I I feel like we're almost praising quite a lot of the defence quite often. And then we're still conceding goals, which, as I say, leads me to think it must be just those little limps, uh, lacks of concentration or, or drops of concentration, which, as I say, would kind of make sense given the types of goals we're conceding because a lot of set pieces, that obviously the Fanway mistake on Tuesday... I would say they're good players, you know, there's talk of Innes, will he get a new contract? I think he deserves one. Famwo, obviously, we've got that option to buy. I personally would like to see that seen through. Lavelle, obviously, has been out, obviously came back very briefly on Tuesday, but he he's a good player. Piercy, every year, you know, he'll have a, an odd game where we'll then say his legs have gone, but then he'll go and put in three or four very good performances. So it's really difficult 
because I think the players have, have got good quality. Uh, Maka behind them, is he doing enough communicating? I don't know. I saw him come in for quite a lot of criticism on Tuesday. Personally, I'm not sure I, I agree quite with it as much as, as some people were making out, but it is a really difficult one. It's obviously something we need to sort out, and particularly, I think, since Stockley's been injured and we maybe haven't been scoring two or three goals a game, it, it's obviously shown up even more because you can see one, you're going to have to score two to win the game. And with when your top striker's out, that's obviously a little bit harder to do. So yeah, difficult one, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I just wonder if concentration might be the reason. Mm, yeah, I mean, it certainly was, uh, I don't know, concentration or certainly a poor decision for the second goal, Mark, where you know, Sean Clare had the chance to, you know, out on the wing, he had the chance to just allow, I can't remember which Bolton player it was, just to try and bring the ball down on his chest. He was in the air, but instead he tried to jump into a challenge, gave away a really silly free kick, which you don't need to do in the first place. Uh, and then as it's whipped in, Will Ameson's just, just got the little the little flick on it past the goalkeeper. So it's little things like that. You can see Jackson, you know, afterwards, really dis- disappointed that we've given away a soft free kick in a position where it's a really a good chance for a, a tall Bolton side to, to whip a free kick into our area. Yeah, it's hard because, you know, Claire wants to, he's made a decision. Now, when many things happen, you think to yourself, right, I'd rather he made a decision than no decision and dilly-dally over it. He's made a decision, it's the wrong one. It's it's, But as soon as you make that decision and you're facing a free kick, you've got to deal with it better. You can't, you know, be as good as the delivery was and the guy putting it away, you've got to be able to defend. You've got to pack you've got to hurry you've got to harass um and we and we just didn't and it, it was one of those ones you know sort of you know we go behind and then they carried on we got the, we got the goal and it's just like regardless of what we're trying it's it's not it's not coming off and we looked better in that last 15 minutes when we had all the game anyway I think we'd, we'd just be papering over cracks if we thought we you know we deserved you know personally do I think we deserved anything out of the game I, I don't think we did I don't think the levels as we keep saying which they're fluctuating up and down so fast mm. so it's it's hard because you don't want to start saying oh Claire because we've been we've been extolling the man's virtues for the last month or so saying you know, between him and Dobson it would become you know a bit of a two horse race for man of a match so you know if he's not been at it he's not been at it it's we have suffered I, I forget who was on the show had said you know we do suffer midweek games it's, you know we're okay at weekends but midweek we've not really done much anyway I mean we've not been great on our travels but for some reason we don't we don't perform midweek and I just don't know how how we can turn that around yeah, certainly. I mean, Mark Mark makes the point there. We certainly struggled in the first hour, I'd say, to make a real dent in that Bolton side. It wasn't until Fraser and Aniki came on that we started to play our way back into it. But I think, you know, we know the situation with Chucks. You know, I, I, I just clarified with Jacko after the game that it was still, you know, there's nothing fresh to come up. He's still just having minutes, minutes managed, the same with Ryan. Um, but... It was it was literally like watching a man against a boy, watching Mason Burstow up against Ricardo Santos. Who I, Santos was real, real, real classy defender. Like I was really impressed with what I saw from him, but I felt so sorry for for Mason trying to go up against that that brutal Bolton backline. And it does show, you know, 
for he's still a boy. That that's where he is at this moment in time. And I was I, I was saying during the game, the second we can get Anike onto this pitch, the better because we are losing that physical battle. Uh, and when it's like that, you know, Connor's got nothing, no one to to run off either as well. So it, it, it was a real tough sort of first hour, Tom. Yeah, and there were people calling it as soon as the lineup came up. You know, putting him up against somebody like Santos, who, as you say, I was very impressed with as well, and pretty sure we tried to get, didn't we, at one point? And um, yeah, I think I, I don't know if I've been on a show since since Burstow went, um, but I think what Chelsea have done there is obviously by potential uh, because there's there's no question that that ability is in there. But as you say, he is still so young and so slight as a player and almost everybody, uh, you know, at, at that stage, at some point, you know, through their late teens, early 20s, those footballers will bulk up and suddenly become a man. Um, you know, we saw the likes of Carlin do it. Obviously, Joe Gomez did it at about 12, I think. Um, Cons has gone on and done it you know they they find that that extra strength that conditioning that they go through and and that will come for him as well but when you're up against a, a pro like Santos and you know you are still that that youngster you are still quite slight like you say it was I can't remember what you said on the night whether it looked like a matchstick or something and it, it came across that way on the telly as well it just looked like literally like men against boys yeah, so um, he looked like a stick in stakes up, that against, was it. up against yeah, Santos uh, and he did and then as you say Aniki comes on um, and also we changed our shape and I know Jacko had to, or I say had to do it Jacko was obviously chasing the game but I'm pleased that he gave another shape a go and, and obviously got some success from that as well because we don't want to just fall into one one thing and I know he said look we're not going to mm. chop and change just when we go on a bad run but I think switching it around is important and to see his subs make a difference, I think one of few positives we could take from Tuesday night. Yeah, we've got a clip uh, from Jacko from Press Day today where he talks about the fact he changed his formation and, that, and we can get into that really because I, I, I do find it interesting um, when he says that stuff. I asked him similar uh, after the Cheltenham game a few weeks ago uh, about formations and, and it is um, you know it, it does give some insight as to why he doesn't tend to do it too often uh, and so yeah we will have a conversation about that I mean we have to say Scott Fraser um, looks really good when he came on you had, had some moments could have had that equaliser right at the end Mark where uh, the long ball fell to him and he, and he fired straight at the goalkeeper but his, his assist for the cross was very impressive it's not it doesn't feel like there, there's too many of our midfielders this season would actually have the composure to take the touch, get beyond the man, and then put the cross in like he did. I feel, I feel like you know, uh, some some of our midfielders may have felt rushed in that stage of the game where we were chasing. It was 15 minutes from time, but he took it past his man, and that it was a peach of a left-footed cross um, for Chucks and Ecam. You can hear it on Tell's commentary that he thought it was too high, but to be fair to Chucks. And I put the photo out that Kyle took um, in the evening after the game. Chucks was about eight foot off the floor. It's an incredible leap for him. But, I mean, it was a really impressive goal. And, you know, first we've seen from Fraser where we're like, right, this is the sort of player we want to be signing. And, you know, really looking forward to see what he could do next season in particular. Yeah, we know he had, um, he's got assists in his locker. And it was a, it was a great ball. It reminded me pretty much of um, some of Cullen's movement when he was here. And you're right, it was a great leap and great finish from Chucks. I think we're so used to him, you know, almost sort of like coming in as a powerhouse onto the end of a cross. We're not used to him seeing him just do a vertical jump and you know, use those enormous nut, neck muscles um, he's got and plant it in, you know, in the back of a net. And he, he didn't look out of place and he, he looked a bit of class. And you think to yourself, right now, that's going to be a quandary for 
Jacko because he showed what he can do in 15 minutes. Do you start him? You know, who do you drop? Who, you know, looking forward to Wigan as we'll talk about later. You're thinking, well, you know, if he's going to come in and do that, have have he assist and almost get a goal on his debut? It's, it's, not, it's not luck. He's an experienced, good player, and I think I haven't seen much derision for many sort of like fans online of, of picking him up. They've all gone, wow, we've we've picked up a good one here. I think I know the Ipswich fans were a bit gutted because they just say he wasn't used in the right place. So if it works for us and it works, you know, purposefully because we've got people up front who can put chances away, we know that it's 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 a good thing to see. So I was glad we picked him up. So. We'll we see where it goes on Saturday. Mm. I mean, one big controversial moment in the first half, uh, the non-red card on, for Geffen Jones, high high challenge on, on Dobbo. Uh, at the time, it looked like quite a strong challenge and uh, it was right in front of the fourth official. The, uh, the, the Charlton players were asking perhaps if there should have been more. Um, nothing doing. I mean, you saw it back a few times on, on the coverage, Tom. Do you think that could have been a red? By the end of seeing it those times, I think yes. Uh, when I saw it in real time, I thought oh, that's quite a... A strong challenge, as you just said, but I thought no more than a booking. Um, but then slowed down, watched back, discussed with with Scott and, and George and Alan in the studio. By the end of that, they'd convinced me. Um, and obviously the referee, particularly at our level, doesn't have the opportunity to do that. So uh, I don't think it's it's cut and dry. I don't think it's blatant. I don't think necessarily it's it's the fault of the referee there. I think Jacko's point after the game was right. The fourth official standing right in front of it and he has a good view of it. So again, if he's just seen it, obviously that once at full speed, maybe he thought the same as me. So um, yeah, I think it could easily have been. I think if, if it had been given as a red card, they couldn't have had any complaints, but at the same time, I see why he gave a yellow. So it's a little bit of a difficult one somewhere in the middle, um, but it would have changed the game. Uh, I, I, that's the only thing, you know, they're against, uh, 10 men for that amount of time maybe we would have would have got a point but obviously that's uh, all he said she said really yeah I mean especially because it could have gone the other way in the second half as well when Piercy uh, did what Piercy does twice you know for all these uh, all these attributes that we've said and I, I think he's had an, a decent enough season um, he, he does every now and then get involved in a little bit of grappling uh, and he did it twice in the space of five minutes and uh, very lucky not to get sent off after the second one, and that's when um, that's when Jacko whipped him off almost immediately. I mean, great to see Lavelle back on the pitch. It'd be great to see how uh, how he sort of comes back into the side if he's ready to start Wigan. Maybe we'll discuss later. But yeah, Piercy perhaps lucky. But it was it was nice to hear Ian Ever actually come out and admit that both players should have been sent off, including his own. Probably easy to do that when he knows he's had a yellow card and therefore there'll be no retrospective action. But it was nice to hear a manager actually admit that. Yeah, I think with that, he's come out and said about Piercy because he knows that his guy should have got a red. I, know, I thought it was. Um, with Piercy, the only thing, you know, he's the old experienced player on that pitch. He he hasn't someone, he hasn't got someone next to him saying, you know, don't lose your head. Don't make silly tackles like that. So Jacko's done the right thing. He's just, gone, right, you know, he's the next thing. He's only got a sniff at one of our players and referee. He was a bit card happy. You know, we got picked up a couple of bookings and you're thinking, really? Were they, were they, were they bookings on, on their goalkeeper? It's not like anyone's gone in throat high. And you do wonder why, you know, the referees sort of like let some have booked some of those and let some of those go. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um, so, no, it was great to see Lavelle back, and I think him and Innes would be a good partnership at the back. 
and he's a threat up front. I mean, he's he's already scored this season for us, so it's good it's good to see him back. Whether again, because we've got centre halves coming back from injuries, they're saying right, you know, he can get fifteen minutes, twenty minutes here, half how long before they go right? He can start and do do ninety. I mean, you laughed when I said last week. Um, about if you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to play at least 89 minutes. But that, that would have been the thing. If, say, in the first minute, you know, throw throwing a, a what-if out there, Pierce or Fainwell goes down, d- d- pulls a hamstring because they've not warmed up properly, blah, blah, blah. You're looking at your bench and you're going, ah, right, we've got centre-half. Can we put him on for 90 minutes? Or do we go, right, now we've got to play him for 60 and then change it again? Or do you put Perrington on and play centre-half? So you're thinking... You know, it's all what the medical team can do. You know, obviously he's seen doctors and specialists and they tell him what we can do and get back and start doing. So, that, and he would know, should know his own body. I mean, Jacko was talking this week about Stockley and saying about you've got to be honest as a pro and say, I can do this or I'm struggling. So you hope that Lavelle's honest with him and going, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting there, but I might not be perfect. So, mm. hard. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear what the addicts boss, Johnny Jackson, made of the defeat up at Bolton. And uh, he came uh, to speak to me after the game, and this is what he had to say. Uh, tight game, uh, decided by, from our point of view, two really poor goals conceded that a lot ultimately they've cost us. So, uh, really disappointed with that nature of the goals we've given away. Uh, you know, the first one, obviously, an individual mistake um, gives them a lead. And then you ch- you're sort of chasing a little bit, and then you get yourself back in the game, and then concede from a from a set play is again obviously really disappointing. So, yes, yeah. something that's happened a couple of times recently. Now the, the set pieces of that must be really frustrating for you. Very yeah, and you don't need to. We didn't need to commit a foul in that position. Um, you know that's obviously going to allow the delivery to come into your box, but then once you do, you have to defend it, and we haven't in that moment. We've I haven't seen it back, but obviously a lack of concentration or, or, or what, and not enough uh, desire to keep it out your net, and that's what you need in those situations. So to, to concede another one on the back of Saturday is obviously uh, yeah, disappointing. It was also the worst possible start as well, and what had been like a cagey opening, I guess, one one long ball over the top, and, and Akin seems to have lost his concentration there as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't think it was the worst possible start. I thought for 10 minutes we... We we had a good shape about us, and we we managed to sort of quieten the crowd down, and didn't allow them to have a fast start. So you know there was there was nothing in the game; it was a stalemate. And then up until that point, and then obviously that, you know it's an individual mistake, and now they've got a goal lead from nothing that, that you know, when there's been nothing in the game. So uh, that changes the complexion of the game. Then, uh, but again, just in the first half, it was a bit. You know, it was a bit of a stalemate. It wasn't too much, too much action. But you know, sometimes away from home, you, you, you're happy with that. You want to, you know, you want to keep it tight. And we've done that for ten minutes, and then you give them a goal, and uh, you know, sort of all your plans go out the window, really. So that's uh, disappointing. Managed to find a way back into the game when when Scott Fraser and Chuck Sanike came on, there, and they linked up wonderfully for the goal. And I think there was there's the slight switch in formation as well. Do you think that sort of helped Charlton play their way back into it? Yeah, it definitely helped. Uh, allowed us to get DJ higher up the pitch, um, get Scott and well Scott on the ball higher up uh, in, in dangerous areas, and obviously produced a little bit of quality there for 
for Chuck. So, you know, it's, it's good that the two subs have combined and, and the change that I made worked. And I thought in that period we might go on and win it. I thought we really had our towels up and, uh, you know, we might go and make some of it. And then, and then you, again, you give away another poor goal. So, you know, it's, if you're going to give away two goals like that, it's really difficult to win a, a match. It puts a, an end to that undefeated run of, of four games. How important now is that they can try and bounce back with something at Wigan? Every game's important. If we'd have won this game tonight, Wigan would have been an important game. So nothing changes that we've lost. It's it's another game that we'll prepare for going there trying to win. There's a strong challenge on George Dobson in the first half. I wonder if you had a you would have had a very good view of it. Are you surprised it was only a yellow card? I was, yeah, I thought it was a red card. Um I think it's a bad tackle from the lad. He's caught he's caught George late and, and high up. No, it's not on his foot, it's it's above his ankle on his shin, so it's, it's not a good tackle, it should be a red card. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. there, heads it away, can Lee pick it up, yes he can, ahead of Kamara, now sends Washington on that right hand side, he's in space, Washington, into the area he goes, can he drill it home, yes he can, oh brother Washington, put John tool it up, and could that be the game, a lovely ball out, Connor Washington on the run, first was in the middle, but Connor Washington drills it home. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We are getting ready to gear up for Saturday's trip up uh, Bell back to the Northwest, really, because we we're only just there a few days ago, taking on Wigan Athletic at the DW Stadium. Um, not not quite as informed as, as as you think, Wigan. I think they've gone four without a win now, which uh, surprised me. But they're, they're, I think they've got they've got a, a number of games in hand. Uh, so they're sitting second in um, in, in League One, uh, and they're, they're nine points behind Rotherham, but they do have three games in hand. So if they were to win all three of those, uh, they'd be level uh, at the top. But they, they haven't been winning games recently, so it'll be a very intriguing contest uh, when we head up to the Northwest, and we shall talk about that more in detail later on. Um, but one of those questions uh, that Addicts fans will have will be, what formation uh, will we be lining up with uh, at the DW Stadium? Now, of course, our preferred uh, tactical 
formation under Jackson has been the 3-5-2. Um, and, and it's not really been one that we've uh, deviated from at all until I think I'm fairly confident that the game up at Bolton was the first time we've seen that. Uh, we, we switched to the diamond for the last quarter or so of the game. And, and it did help. You know, Jacko was speaking about how it got the likes of DJ further up the pitch, allowed Fraser to go and do his thing, which we saw. Um, but, you know, I, I've asked him this before and, and Terry asked him in again today as to whether a switching formation is something he, he, he thinks he'll be sort of utilising a bit more going forward. This is what Jacko had to say. Yeah, I mean, we look at the opposition and in every game that we play, but I think it's important, that, really important that you have an identity and you have a way of playing and... Uh, it's very easy to be reactionary when it doesn't go well in one game to rip it up and start again. But, you know, when you've had the luxury of a pre-season and, and time and stuff like that to work on a load of different systems and uh, things, then you're, you're a little bit better equipped, uh, should we say. So, um, you know, we found a way of playing and in the main, it's been really successful. Uh, we have to remember that. So, um, yeah. I saw fit in in the game to to change the the, the formation for for the way that the game was going. Um, I think it worked, definitely worked for that period. And you know, if we not come unstuck on that uh, set play, probably would have earned us a point. And you know, it's certainly something that we'll look at, whether that's from start of games or or or, or picking sort of teams so that you can make adjustments in-game without necessarily having to make substitutions and things like that. That's something that we'll look at. So uh, options are always open. Uh, I like to think you're not just sort of stuck in one mindset, but also I think it's important that you do you do have a, a style of play, of a, a philosophy, if you like, which you know, if you look at all the, all the top teams, really, they all have their own way of playing and, and very rarely deviate from that. So... Um, something that, that I'm quite big on as well. Okay, so I, I find that absolutely fascinating, Tom, because he, he speaks towards, you know, not again, similar to what he said when I asked him a few weeks ago, not wanting to sort of tear up the tear up your plans and just start again just because, you know, things have uh, not even gone off the rail. That was our first defeat in five, but it, it, if things had, had, had gone slightly awry. Um, and he wants to talk about working towards, you know, this formation and this style of play. He wants to have that identity, which is something, to be fair, we complained about under Nigel Atkins. We didn't have a playing identity. So, I mean, you can see it's something he's working on, something something he has in mind that he wants to utilise at the club. Yeah, and, and I admire that for a young manager to have a, a very clear idea about what he wants and, and how he's going to do it. I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a difference between that and sort of stubbornness or a defiance not to change, like we saw under Carl Robinson, where that that four two three one, you know, he never uh, that I can recall deviated or budged from that. Um, and again, that's why I go back to my earlier point that I was pleased to see Jacko change it yesterday because he could see it wasn't working and he thought he'd give something else a go. That's the sign of a manager who goes right. I've got a preferred style, but if it's not working, I'm going to try something else. Not somebody who's going, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to try something new, like I think we saw under Adkins. Or, as I say, the Robbo example, where you never change. So, I like that. I think, obviously, he's going to have to think about who stays and who goes over the summer for that. Um, but I think if he's going into next season thinking, this is how I want to play, then you know, him and Steve Gallen can be identifying players now and saying, right, well, this is the style of play we want and this is what we're going to do. 
and then you don't have things like the the Kirk signing and, and players that just don't really fit into the type of the type of system we're playing. So um, yeah, it's encouraging. I think I, I take it as a positive. Uh, I know some people may not, but I think there's a, a man there who has a very clear plan about what he wants to do and. Hopefully, um, it feels like we've said this for a few transfer windows now, but this summer can be the last one where we're having to chop and change and we can get a little bit of stability, really. Um, and if he can get that and his formation works, then we could be in a good place. So, um, yeah, interesting to hear. And and as you say, backing up kind of what he said to you just a few weeks ago. Mm, yeah, um, I mean, he spoke about how he feels like a lot of the, 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 the big major clubs you know, a similar, they, they play to a certain style. And and I guess if he can stamp that on us, Mark, and as Tom says, if we can have a transfer window of bringing in players, I mean, he has spoken, he did, he did mention there about having the pre-season where you can work with a few different things just to see what works. But if he can stamp an identity on us that works and, and other teams struggle to deal with and at the same time have a little bit of flexibility in case he needs to, to mix it up, I mean, it's all part of a learning curve for him and, and what he hopes are like sort of the... The, the the buds of of a new team that will start to drive us up up the table next season. Well, I'd be very surprised if we went into pre-season without at least three or four new signings. I don't. I think Thomas has learned that you can't let it go as long as as he did before you bring in some new faces because you need time to gel. You need time for the players to work together to understand each other with new players coming in um i mean it's gonna sound funny i think football's a simple game but it's it's when it becomes sort of like over complicated tactically and you do think to yourself sometimes you know what are they trying to prove because if you try and change it all the time the players are going to be confused if you keep it to one system like you said um robinson did then you become found out. Other teams can negate you quite quickly. You need to be able to have, I always think, you know, one or two players in your team who have that X factor, who will do something slightly different. They're going to do their jobs, but if they got the ball, they could pick a pass out. I mean, like, like Klaus Jensen used to do for us. You know, he'd, he'd, he wasn't the greatest tackler, he'd put in a tackle, but you know, you didn't have him there for that. You had him for him to give a ball and he'd score a fantastic goal or he could stroke a pass. And we're missing that kind of player. You know, we've got Albi coming through, but he's, he's, a, he's a young and I know he's played quite a few games for us, but that's the story of League One. So seeing who Jacko picks up, and obviously they'll be looking at it now, they'll be looking at other teams and saying, right, who's out of contract, who's likely to be offered, who can we get, who will fit into the style we want to play, and have a degree of flexibility and that you have a team who are building into it. Because at the moment, it's working sometimes. And sometimes if it's looking like it's first day of pre-season and they're just going, well, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing there. I was, you know, marking, I mean, look at the marking on Saturday. You know, if you'd seen that in a pre-season game, you'd be going, it's all right, it's pre-season. You know, they'll iron these kind of things out by the time we come to the league. When you're sort of like over halfway you know, three quarters way through a league and that mistakes are happening, then you go, something's not right with the players somewhere. And, you know, they all made such vociferous things about Jacko getting the manager's job and whether they just thought, oh no, once Jacko's in charge, it will be, you know, it will be gravy. And, you know, and he's actually trying to get him to work. And I don't know, I think there's one or two there who 
you know, when when the contracts are handed out, when they get an on en- the envelope and just told, right, clear your locker out, I, I just won't be too sad to see go. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> there probably is. Uh, well, we probably say that every season for a number of years now. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages that have come in uh, to uh, the studio. Uh, Charlton Exile uh, tweets uh, positive from Tuesday was that we were able to change our shape. It worked. Uh, going forward, this ability to adapt our formation to suit the circumstances is a big tick, in my humble opinion. Hopefully this will give JJ confidence uh, to do it more often. Ben says, I don't really want to talk about that too much, but I will point out uh, there's been one of Fameway's biggest weaknesses regarding the long ball, uh, and that is a great example of it. would love to hear your thoughts on whether we should keep him in the summer. I mean, you said earlier, Tom, that you think we should keep um, Akin Fameway. We've got, we got a good message as well that I'll find that comes in from Phil. But, uh, I mean, are you... Have you seen enough? I think I think I'd keep him. I I think that you know there's errors here and there, but I I certainly think I'd keep him, Tom. Yeah, I would. I look. I don't think he's uh, the best defender we've ever had by any stretch. But I think given where we are, you know, we are a League One team now and a, and a mid-table League One team at the moment. I think he's probably at the better end of of what we're able to get at that level. I think him, Lavelle, and Innes. Uh, and Claire, if he continues to play there, I think they're they're all pretty good and solid. I know Innes's injury record is is questionable, and obviously Lavelle's had a long spell out this season as well. But yeah, I think uh, Fanmore is still young as well. He is still learning, and I, I I don't know. I just think there's enough there that, it, given a, another couple of seasons with us, I think he, we could mould him into a really good player. So uh, it's very easy, particularly off the back of what he did on Tuesday night, to come out and be critical of him. And as I say, I'm not suggesting he's Nesta or somebody like that but I think he's um I think he's a decent player and I think he it would keep that consistency going into next year rather than going out and finding somebody else and and as I say I'm not sure you'd get particularly at where we given where we are I don't know how much better you would get Mm. right Alan says the midfield three looked tired playing on Saturday as well as Tuesday I would have given Fraser a run out for Morgan to freshen it up but the subs gave us hope Uh, we couldn't handle Charles uh, though from the first minute didn't have anything uh, to change uh, him after we scored for me, uh, which was odd. Akers uh, says, get rid of Jason Pierce, Chris Gunter, Ben Purrington, Ben Watson, Josh Davison, uh, Matthews, Washington, Gilby and Stockley, uh, along with Jake Forstikaski. We need a complete rebuild in the summer as the squad goes missing after an impressive home win. We need players who care this lot. Uh, simply don't. Cheers for that, Akers. Right, uh, a couple of emails as well. Michael said uh, there were three positives from the Bolton game. When Jacko changed the formation, uh, we dominated and scored and only dropped off after conceding a soft goal against the run of play. Uh, this means we do have a, a, a plan B uh, that we can use. Fraser and Anike combining for our goal is a great sign for next year and onwards. Uh, so it does look like we can make a good permanent sign in, in January. The $1.6 million for Burstow uh, in the context of covering the cost of transfers in this season is feeling a much better deal uh, than it did last week. Mason obviously has massive potential and I'm sure most, including me, would love to see him succeed in the future. However, the Bolton game uh, did highlight that he does have a way uh, to go on that journey. I think the key objective being to escape League One next year, bringing in Anika and Fraser uh, at a fraction of the fee we got for Mason. That uh, does make sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Mike Jack says, Hi, chaps. Uh, the game at Bolton was the complete opposite of Portsmouth uh, last week where we played well and even did our attack play against uh, Wimbledon was better than what we showed last night in some respects. Uh, not sure if the last two games have just taken it out of the lads after a good little run uh, we went on. I felt we just tired, for, uh, tried forcing a lot of the passes last night ended up hit, hoofing it forwards. We, pre- we were pressed really well. Uh, by Bolton as well, but obviously we needed to find a way around that. Uh, Jacko's uh, changes in formations and subs did make a difference, 
and we got back into it uh, once again. Lazy half-hearted challenges, give away silly free kicks, and we paid for it. Hopefully, this is just a blip, and we get a result against Wigan. It was also great to see Lavelle uh, back out of a back, uh, a back free of him. Innes and Fainwell sounds frightening for attackers, as long as it wasn't uh, the Fainwell of last night. Anyway, that's from Jack. Cheers, Jack. Uh, right, Phil said, hi, guys. Tonight, I thought we were poor. Uh, uh, on uh, Tuesday night as uh, as were Bolton to be fair I sent you a post on Sunday saying how I thought we've got a decent spine for next season maybe I've just caught the Division 3 uh, mediocrity bug uh, like that spine because I can't recognise good players anymore this group is, of players is consistency uh, is a problem going forward. Alex Gilby and Fainwell are the two main culprits. Excellent for a couple of games, followed by poor performances. The next, uh, unfortunately, uh, we have been that uh, that way for a club for far too long. Yeah, and that was uh, I was, was going to say because I did read Phil's uh, message again from after the the Wimbledon or, or the Portsmouth game, Mark, and he was he was obviously singing the play the, the praises of Fainwell. Um, so it, it does show. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Phil's wrong there because he had a good game, then he had a poor game on on Tuesday. It's just shows that we are too inconsistent but we are a league one side like if our players were consistent they'd be playing for better teams unfortunately yeah it's it's a, it's a funny one because we, we know they go from heroes to zeros quite quickly um it's it's a hard one i mean famo's 23 so he's only really got experience at this level um are we the right club who can improve him? I think we are. I think he would, you know, and like some, we've had a lot worse um, a centre back. I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to mention any names, Roger Johnson at all, but it's, you know, would he be a good one to sign on? It depends how much Norwich want for him, because obviously, if Norwich do come down, some of them, their players will probably, you know, exercise things of their contracts and go. And so Norwich might be saying, you know what, he's, you know, he's, we've got this player. We can use him in the championship and we can get back out of it and yo-yo back up again. So it depends what they want to do. I think if they stay up, they won't want him. Um, it's, again, what's out there. Okay, we've got kids coming through because are you going to throw Deji in there? And where he's a good couple of years younger already and hasn't got the experience and make that kind of mistake. Charlie Bark has been, you know, a couple. <laughs> he's had a few league appearances. Um it's strange. I, I know it's it's, it's 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 a tough one because do you want to put a a guy who's been at the club? He knows us now, you know. And you think into if we sign him, will he become mediocre? Can we get rid of him? Kind of thing. It depends what they'd offer him. Maybe two years, not not much longer than that, and say right, can we improve you as a, as a centre half? I think we can. I I would I would be in the keep group for him. So, mm. I, but I wouldn't be in the get rid of Washington or Stockley group. No, <laughs> uh, I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of those two personally. Right, uh, we've got one more message as well. Comes in from Reg. Uh, he's given us three takeaways from Bolton, and they're all about throw-ins. He says the long throw-ins, uh, too many are inverted curves that loop up into the air, giving the opposition time to compete and head uh, and cover our receiving players. Um, he said the shorter throw-ins is a lack of movement from our players looking to receive the ball. 
Uh, and also, uh, how often uh, a short throw-in do we see one of our players receiving the ball at the apex of the bounce, i.e. having to control the ball and then bring it down from knee height rather than receiving the ball to feet and therefore that fraction of a second to bring it more under control. Apologies in advance, but with our season where it is a mid-table beckoning, one of the remaining pleasures uh, it will be even more esoteric observation so i mean that, that's some real deep studies into into throw-ins there reg but you know our throw-ins clearly haven't haven't hit the heights this year uh, as far as reg is concerned right something uh, that has hit the heights this year is the uh, the uh, youth team the under 18s uh, they got all the way to the fifth round of the fa youth cup uh, against brighton played there at the valley uh, last night uh, against the seagulls beaten 2-0 but absolutely no disgrace uh, and the under 18s manager hamza sarah sarah Whatever will be, will be. Uh, came to speak to Tom Rubichaud after the game to let us know what he made of the uh, the FA Cup, uh, the FA Youth Cup loss against Brighton. I thought it was a very open game. Uh, well, they had an early goal earlier on, and we uh, we responded, but unfortunately we didn't hit the target. But it created loads of chances. We had good territory. Um, so did they, to be fair. So first half could have been four for both teams. Uh, a really open end to end stuff some good football being played by both teams uh, really expansive uh, but unfortunately we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net he wouldn't have gone in for us um, that's how I view it second half obviously silly mistake from us led to them scoring the second goal then we was flat for about 10-15 minutes uh, and then we finished strong again uh, with Dan Kano hitting the, 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 the woodwork again but it wasn't meant to be tonight and it was twice off the woodwork. How uh, frustrating is that in a, in a game like this? Ah, oh, it's very frustrating. You know, it's a cup game. You just wanna, you just wanna take your chances. You want things to fall for you. The ball wouldn't fall for us. Um, even the rebounds when the ball comes back, we, it's not, it's not in our paths. It's always there's a defender there. To be fair to them, they had two good central defenders, but um, we could have been more clinical. Uh, I thought the boys handled the occasion well. Uh, at the Valley, there's over a thousand here today uh, and I want to thank them for, for, for giving us the support as well. Um, but it's frustrating because they've, they were beatable, Brighton. I thought we was just, we were in it, uh, we didn't, they didn't dominate the game. But yet again, Cup Games is about who, uh, who scored the goals, who takes the chances, they did and we didn't. And they're obviously a side with real pedigree. They knocked Manchester City out in the previous round. I mean, you have to be impressed with the, the display your boys put on. Oh, yeah, I am. I've just said them. I said to them at the end there, I'm, I'm very, very proud of you. Uh, and I'm very proud of their performance today. And they, uh, they weren't phased by anything, the occasion, the crowd, or even... We're playing against a Cat One uh, Academy, a Premier League club, uh, far more resources than what we've got. But we're Charlton, so we always punch above our weight. Um, this is the Charlton way. The boys buy into it and they live and breathe it. Um, and I'm so proud of them tonight. Um, if you look at the game, anything could have happened uh, in terms of us scoring. I wish we'd scored a goal just to see how, how the dynamics of the game would have changed. But... It wasn't meant to be, but very proud of, of the boys today. Yeah, so, I mean, we always know, Tom, that we have a good good academy and, and, and Hamza sounds really proud of his, his side's performance last night. By all accounts, you hit, hit the woodwork a couple of times. By all accounts, you know, we, we, we gave a good go of it. 
Yeah, uh, and I think we've got every right to be at Kanu didn't score, did he? And and when that happens, well, it doesn't. I'm happen, wondering if he's a bit past it now. That uh, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. It might even be two games in a row that he's gone now. So, dreams over, unfortunately. But um, no, look, we're we're always doing well, uh, and I would say punching above our weight um, in the the youth setup, um, and and that just goes to show. You know, we've said this hundreds of times. Goes to show because of people that then make it through to the to the first team as well. Carney being an example with that contract he's just signed. Barker, as um, Mark just mentioned, you know, we've seen it plenty of times already this season. So, yeah, again, I talked a little bit earlier about the stability we might get under that first team. It feels like that whole youth structure just has that stability with, with the names and the faces there. Um, you know, there's a, just a real good kind of pathway. Uh, Adkins talked about it a lot, didn't he, in the short time he was here, that pathway through and that visionary Nigel Atkins. Exactly. Yeah, knew what he was doing, didn't he? Um, but I think, yeah, look, obviously disappointed that they've lost that, but they can hold their heads up high, as you say. They weren't uh, sort of run all over. Um, and I'm sure there'll be other opportunities for that crop. And I'm pretty sure we'll see a, a fair few of them um, playing in the first team over the next few years as well. Because, as I say, that's just what we do at Charlton. So, uh, yeah, obviously disappointing on the night. But overall, I think they can be proud of themselves. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look ahead to the game up at Wigan then. First of all, let's hear from uh, Johnny Jackson, who tells us what we can expect uh, from the Latics this weekend. Tough game, obviously. They're at the top side. One of the best in the division. Fully expect them to be right in the shake-up uh, come the end of it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, on paper, it's one of the more difficult fixtures you're going to face. So. Uh, but we normally do all right in those ones. You know, we went to Sunderland and one, went to Portsmouth and one. Uh, went to like you said the form team in the division on Tuesday and for me have, have only been undone by our own our own uh, poor defending in, in those situations certainly didn't get opened up really at any stage so uh, yeah we'll go there uh, prepare right make ourselves difficult to beat and uh, know that in any game that we'll always get opportunities because of the quality that we're having the pitch yeah just on from that Johnny I mean I know concentration for the 90 minutes is something you obviously discuss anyway but um, we can score Two late goals here at the Valley in the first encounter of the season. Um, so, something that's doubly important, especially against the side as good as Wigan. Yeah, it's a 90 minute game, 90 or 90 plus at times, and uh, got to concentrate for the for the whole of it. That was disappointing on Tuesday that we let it slip that late uh, and got ourselves back in. And we know that if, we, if we're as complacent up at Wigan, then chances are you'll come undone again because they're a good side and they'll, uh, you know, they'll keep you honest right until the until they're very deaf. So, yeah. Hopefully, lessons learnt. Certainly, stuff that we've addressed today with the players and that they're fully aware of. So, got to try and put it into practice. We've seen how hard two games in a week can be to the squad. How's the fitness after Tuesday night? It was good to see Jaden back on the grass today, but uh, how's the squad shaping up? Uh, yeah, everyone's okay from uh, Tuesday. Obviously, tired bodies because a lot of travelling uh, involved. Got back really late, sort of early hours. Wednesday morning, so uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround again back on the road tomorrow. So um, a lot of it will be about recovery, getting getting ready to be fresh again on Saturday, and uh, sort of try, trying to tap into their to the players' minds as much as their legs to get the work in that we need. Um, you know, they'll be obviously training on the grass, but but a lot of it will be done. Uh, you know, in the tactics room on uh, video meetings, things like that as well to just try and get a, a final few points and prepare as best we can 
to be ready Saturday. A funny run of form, I'd say, uh, Mark. Have, having won, what was it, one, like about seven or eight games in a row, um, all of a sudden they, they've drawn two and then lost a league game. And obviously they, they lost at Stoke in the FA Cup as well, which you don't really count in that run. But just just threatening to tail off. So, you know, I mean, they'll be, they'll be quaking in their boots with us coming to town. Yeah, it's funny because you looked at it uh, six weeks ago and you thought, oh, we're going to cruise into the um, top where they're just going to be, you know, up there straight up. And then they have one or two wobbles. It's how they deal with it. I think they will look at us coming to them and go, right, this is where we turn it back round. Because we don't have... We're not carrying a threat of invincibility. We, we we can battle and we we can score. We we know we've got goals in the team, but we we've got so many vulnerabilities sometimes. And travelling up, Wigan's just one of those big big pitches, and you can be pulled from side to side. And it's going to be it's going to be an effort up there. I'm not saying that we can't get something. I'm just hoping. Would I, t- you know, would I t- I'd take a point up there? I, I would, because I think you have to turn your own form around. If by getting a point, as we found out, and then going on getting the three wins, we we can do that. Um, you know, if they've been spying on us recently, they they're going to go. Well, what chart are going to turn up here? So it's 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 a crazy one. Um, again, you know, I expect Innes to be back. I expect possibly. Um, Chucks to start, Fraser to start. I wouldn't be surprised to see Gilby being the man who goes onto the bench because I think you need Morgan. You need because he because of his passing. I mean, his deliveries weren't good last week from set pieces, but you don't know how much of that was down to wind. Um, and you, obviously, you need Dobson, and you just hope that he's that the injury he picked up from that tackle hasn't manifested its way obviously when they do their warm downs and how he's been in training you know could be feeling it so if we go if we go with that and Washington we you know it was fine I would probably be tempted to swap DJ onto the right and put Purrington in because I know we talked about having a steady fullback and an eccentric fullback as it were in the back five and do it that way, and maybe drop Matthews out. Not that he's done anything terrible, because he, you know, his form has been pretty good recently, but just swaps DJ round and gives him a chance, because they, they may be saying, right, DJ's going to be playing on the left, we pop him up on the right, they, you know, that could be something they've gone, all right, we're not going to deal with that. So, it's a, it's a fingers crossed one, because, mm. again, Wigan, pretty much like Bolton, it's not something I really remember as getting too many um, wins there, so <sighs> fingers crossed. Yeah, I've seen I've seen us win there at least once. So I remember that three 0 game that was on a on a Friday night. Uh, it must have been under Guy Luzon. Uh, I think Chris Eagle scored for us, if I remember rightly. I mean, uh, I mean, one one thing we haven't spoken about actually yet, Tom, is obviously we won't be with uh, Jaden Stockley, but we've had a, an update of sorts because he was on a a, a podcast uh, with the comedian Joe Wilkinson uh, recently. I actually listened to it on the way back from a. Uh, 
uh, Bolton when I was coming back on the train yesterday. It's a very good podcast, actually, worth a listen. But he revealed a little bit more about his injury problems and how it was sort of a, a slip disc in his back and he's had an epidural and, and, and how that's affected him. And he's, he's spoken uh, about being back within a, a few weeks. Um, but, I mean, it, you know, uh, Johnny didn't give away too much details because it's quite a complicated one to, to deal with. But Jaden has come out and spoken about it and... Uh, frustrating really that that we're still going to be without him for a couple of weeks but at least we have a little bit more clarity now yeah it it sounds like a nasty one doesn't it and I think the longer it went on without us really knowing uh, I wouldn't say we understand now but at least we know uh, it became more and more concerning I think because you start to wonder why that news isn't coming out but it all makes total sense now Uh, I think was it today the club put photos out of him back on the grass and and Jacko's talking about him, you know, hopefully reintegrating in the next couple of weeks. So I've written this season off for a few weeks now, so um, I'm not too concerned about him not being here. Um, But I think it's all about making sure that this isn't something that's going to come back and haunt him again and again. Um, It's something that hopefully this, uh, whatever he's had done will fix um, because if we do have him starting next season and, hopefully relatively injury free then again that's just another huge thing not only for the stability and consistency that I spoke about earlier but also brings those goals so um yeah it's uh, obviously his health first and foremost and pleased that he's on the road to recovery um and I hope he gets some minutes towards the back end of the season I hope we ease him in gently as I say particularly if we've got you know if we're not going up we're not going down you know no point rushing him back but um yeah, it will be good to have him back and good to have him back up and running for sure. Lovely stuff. Right, we've come to the end of this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who got involved by sending in your messages. Uh, I'll see those of you who are going up there at Wigan. Uh, and I'd love for you guys after the game, if you see me knocking about on a train and that, just to come come and speak to me and do a, do a fans bar reaction because uh, I always like to get your views on the pod. So make sure you can uh, do that if you can. Uh, thank you to Mark and Tom for joining me on this week's show. Cheers, mate. You're welcome, sir. An absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. Also, uh, make sure you get your emails in nice and early on Sunday. I might have to record the, the show about lunchtime because I've got stuff on on Sunday. So get your your, your views in to, email, uh, to studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at charltonlive uh, early on Sunday so I can have your, your views read out on uh, Sunday's show. Right, I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again on Sunday. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 